Hi guys, Martin Fudder here from BetfairTradingCommunity.com. Um, I wanted to talk today about market hype um, because we're seeing a lot of it recently and uh, I think that it's something, if you can get on the right um, side of actually opposing market hype when it reaches its peak, um, you'll be laughing long term. And uh, I just want to give a couple of easy examples for this. Um, when you look at Man City this week, played Everton. Everton were 12, 12.0, 11-1. I mean, that is mad odds for what is essentially going to be the likely 7th or 8th best team in the Premier League this year. Playing a team um, that didn't win the title at Cantor last year, didn't even win the title. Um, yes, they've spent a lot of money, but to be that long odds, even playing away to Man City absolutely crazy and uh, it just got me thinking really about market hype and uh, how opposing it can be good value so why were Man City's odds so inflated now I actually did point this uh, bet out on the day and we actually made a lot of money out of um, taking Everton and backing them at that price and trading out when they scored so I'm not just saying this from a point of hindsight which I think is important here but a lot of people think in football, money equates to success. And while that is true, it's not an instant fact, and it actually takes time. So people go on about Man City spending over 100 million or 200 million on their defense this year. Well, actually, on the face of it, how much better does their defense look? Because I look at it on paper, they've got a keeper who's you know, maybe up and coming, but he's not necessarily a proven goalkeeper. Um, Kyle Walker, you know, he's steady, but he was in a very good back line at Spurs. So he had a lot of cover and protection if he did make any errors. Um, and before that, he wasn't exactly pulling up any trees before Spurs started doing well. Um, so, again, the money's been spent in my opinion, far too much money. But has it massively improved um, that back line? I don't particularly think so. But on top of that, signings don't just gel together overnight, especially playing at the back. So they've got to learn to play together. They've got to pick up each other's movement um, and positioning, things like that. So to suggest that Man City were just going to stroll the start of this season... Um, was quite frankly for me ridiculous when actually let's be honest Pep struggled in the Premier League last year um, I mean ironically they actually started really well last year but after that they were very ordinary at times and they definitely weren't the Pep Guardiola team that people were expecting so this year is big for them um, but again the market has massively overreacted to the manager the money that's been spent, when he, the hard, cold evidence of what's actually happened last season and the fact that signings do take time to gel in general um, actually shows that maybe the odds shouldn't have been that mad. I mean, the fact Man City was such heavy favourites to win the league at the start of the season, um, again, made no sense to me because I actually tipped Man United at, I think they were 5.0. And the reason was, well, part of the reason was that Mourinho's got a few pieces in that he needed, but we're talking about proven Premier League players. 
it's already got a strong goalkeeper. So, and Bailly coming back from injury, he looked very impressive last year. That is a strong looking squad. Matic, absolute steal, as we, as I'm sure most of us know. Um, so, and Lukaku, I mean, he's got so many goals in the Premier League um, that you kind of knew he was just going to fit in pretty quickly there. Um, he's just a goal scorer. So, again, now they've done all that business, yet they were actually quite far behind Man City in terms of odds. You know, Man City were around the 2.5 mark by the start of the season. And again, United were at 5.0. Um makes no sense to me but there you go you take these things on and you often do well from them it's market hype it's people hyping up things so the second example i want to give of this is this weekend um and as people know floyd mayweather um and conor mcgregor are gonna fight i'll say fight because i don't think they'll box i don't think this is a boxing match um i think it's it's a, a bit of a farce but floyd mayweather potentially the greatest pound-for-pound fighter, certainly for the last 20, 30 years, is fighting someone who's never fought a professional boxing match. Okay? Let's get that into our heads first, because somehow people have forgotten this. They've totally forgotten this fact. And that is a stone-cold fact. Now... Okay, Conor McGregor fights in something called UFC. Um, totally different to boxing. People say, oh, they're, they're both fighting. It's not. It's. I'll tell you what it's the equivalent of. It's the equivalent of thinking that someone who plays rugby, who's never, ever played American football or something like that, will go in next season train for a couple of months with one of the NFL teams and be better than Tom Brady at quarterback. That's how crazy this is, right? Because it's the same ball. They, you know, they throw a ball. Ridiculous. But I can't really complain because Mayweather's price has hit a peak of 1.29 when I've seen it, which is crazy. Absolutely. I mean, I'd have him. And I think I'd be being generous. I'd have him at 1.02. So, and that's just in case, I don't know, some tragic event happens to him in the ring, like he has a heart attack randomly. I mean, you know, if this is a a true boxing match, there's only one winner. Is Mayweather really going to throw away a 49 win record when he could get to 50 against someone who's never boxed I mean this is a great opportunity to get to the 5-0 isn't it Um, and potentially go down as the greatest of all time that's what he wants to be it's not not just about money I'll never believe that no matter what people try and say but the hype train goes on McGregor's a great speaker so he can give it the hype this happens so often in boxing where reality is a boxer is priced at a, a reasonable price at the start when the market opens. But Sky do their coverage, Vegas does their coverage, we have this press conference nonsense, the underdog will talk a great game. And for some reason, nearly always, the underdog's price comes in before the fight. 
and actually often you can get value because of it now I took Mayweather last year I think 1.66 something like that um, to beat Pacquiao and I loved those odds right I loved 1.6 still fairly heavy odds on but I loved it because for me he's the greatest of the generation Pacquiao's an incredible fighter but he wouldn't get near Mayweather just think of this 1.66 against Pacquiao 1.29 against someone who's never fought a boxing match crazy absolutely crazy but people will buy into this stuff and it's brilliant for us now of course I could get egg on my face there's always a chance of anything happening in sport uh, and I think that's what these people are hoping on but 1.29 is not saying there's a chance of anything happening on in sport in fact laying at 4.7 is probably the better option because it also gives you draw cover now if you're worried about a, a judge's decision then I can't see any judges ever you know wrongly giving it to McGregor but maybe the draw is the one thing you think could be a bit shady gives a rematch I don't buy it but hell you know there's not that much difference between laying at one point um two nine and sorry laying at 4.7 or backing at 1.29 so in that in sense of that you know I'm just loving this hysteria. In fact, I want it to continue on. I mean, if this prize gets anywhere near 1.5, it's going to be the value of the century. Again, whether it loses or wins, we're talking about a value in a price and how often something should happen. Does Mayweather win this four times out of five? Easily. So it's value. You know, you have to look at value like that. You can't look at odds and go, oh, but it's odds on, so you know it's not good bet no you might not like to bet at odds on prices which is fine people can bet at whatever prices they like but the fact is it is value you know in any other sport if you got that opportunity you would not believe it you know if you if you had i mean i'm trying to think of a modern rugby player off the top of my head and rugby's not my uh, not my favorite sport i must admit uh let's say Johnny Wilkinson in his heyday if you had him go into the NFL and said right two months you're going to have a throwing competition accuracy um, against Tom Brady I mean come on this is what this is like and don't let anyone tell you otherwise because they'll try they'll try because they've got to sell the fight you know people have got this is what people forget people have got to sell this stuff um Apparently, Paddy Power will be at a big loss if uh, McGregor wins. Now, normally, they want a favourite to lose. But in this case, lots of mug punters are backing McGregor. And it's not clever money. Don't don't trick yourself. It's mug punters, a lot of it. And uh, it's amazing how this hype can affect a market. Now, if you agree with me or not on either of these two examples... There will still be other examples of it, um, things that you will see where you think, why is this price so short? Why is this price so big? I would encourage you to study markets, get a grasp of where the odds should be, and when they're not there, take advantage of it. That's all I'm doing with these two bets. Win or lose, they could lose, anything can lose, that's fine. 
it's sensible staking anyway. I'm not going to put 50% of my bank on something. Even at 1.29, it's still going to be max 5%, maybe a little bit more, but not much more. It's not a bank killer. But don't be afraid to take on markets just because you think, oh, but I might be wrong or I might have missed something. Do your research, and if you found that, that is the way it is and, and that you you have spotted something take advantage of it because the amount of times i see people say oh, i looked at those odds and i was tempted oh, i thought that would, i thought that price was too big but i still thought the other team would win but the, the other price was too big well we're playing a game percentages here we're not saying who will win we're saying right do everton win that match you know one time in 12 well, I'd say so. One time in ten, maybe. One time in nine, one time in eight. I'd have priced it around seven to one. So it's value. Now, I'm still saying that seven out of the eight times, they're not going to win. But I'll still take that bet all day long because it's value. And that's understanding the value principle of saying that if odds are that way and if the odds are wrong, you've got to take advantage of it. If you can get a hundred to one shot at a thousand to one, you should take that bet all day long. It's simple maths, but people won't because they're so you know. Say, I'll lose it ninety nine times out of a hundred. Sure, but on that hundredth time, you've won nine hundred ninety nine units, so you're still eight hundred ninety nine up. You know, you've got to think about it that way. And uh, there's a lot of short-term thinking in betting. Well, I've just been a goal on a match I was watching. There's a lot of short-term thinking in betting, um, which is, I think, often a problem. But you've got to think long-term. And uh, that's why I think that, again, whether you disagree or agree with, with the examples I've given, there will be examples you find. Um, these are just from this week. So... Keep winning, keep value on your side, and you won't go far wrong. Okay, guys, I'll get some more podcasts up soon, and uh, have a good weekend.